Hey everyone, welcome to Creepy Inquiries. A podcast dedicated to all things creepy, spoopy, and true crimey. With your hosts, Miss Kevin and Edie, your friendly neighborhood queers. Gorgeous listeners, thank you for tuning in. It's Krimbus. Merry Chrysler. Prissy Christmas, everyone. Prissy Christmas, y'all. This week, my loves, I have mm-hmm. the spoopy story. Yeah. And- yes, Kevin is a biscuit. Let him spoop you up. <clears throat> I was looking at the calendar, and it does appear that this is my, my last spoopy tale before the holidays end. So before uh-huh. Hanukkah, okay. before Christmas, Kwanzaa, I, I had to do something in that vein. So that's what we're going to talk about today, y'all. Oh, yeah. All right, holiday. Oh, jingle bells. Mm-hmm. I was going to like generally discuss the connections that scary and spoopy and ghost stories have with Christmas because there's so much that we could talk about. That song is Scary Ghost Stories of Christmases Long, Long Ago. Exactly, yeah. It yeah. is Scary Ghost Stories like, of Christmases Long, Long Ago. Yeah. Yeah, if you think about, what is it, uh, Dickens? The Christmas Carol. Christmas That's Carol. That's a ghost story. That's just a ghost story. Mm-hmm. He's visited by ghosts. Oh, so like maybe once, once upon a time... Christmas was a lot scarier. Well, that's that's it. It's dark, y'all. Okay. But that's the thing. There was a long, long tradition of having this connection with the scariness, the horror, the aspects of society with Christmas time. It's okay. really gotten sanitized over these, like the last century or so. There's so many. He uh, sees ghost you when stories. you're sleeping. Right. He knows when you're awake. So yeah, Creep. there's so many things that we could talk about, but I decided to stick with one particular creature that appears around Christmas time. You know, especially if you speak the German language. Yes. 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 Das ist richtig. My topic today is all about the Krampus. Yeah. Krampus. Krampus, baby. Oh, hello. Hello, bad children. Hello, Krampus. Bad children. Get in my basket. I'm taking you away. I'm taking you. Don't trüben. I'm All taking right, Edie, you. I would have been lured by that. I would have absolutely gotten in that basket. I had the realization, no, I'm going to focus on the Krampus because this weekend, my birthday weekend, happened to be on my birthday day. I went out <gasps> to lunch. There was signage for at noon a Krampuslauf was going to be starting, and anyone could oh, join in. Hello. A Krampuslauf. Guten Tag, so is Krampus. It, is it like an ad hoc parade? Like they well, start and anybody can join? I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, so um, Lauf oh. is run, so it's called a Krampus run. Oh, okay. And it's a traditional thing where you can dress up as Krampuses, Krampi, I'm not sure, but you can dress up as them. <laughs> Krampi. And go around. Lauf mit mir, Kinder. Lauf mit mir. (laughs) 
you go around knocking on business doors or houses, things like that, or if you approach people on the streets, it's the time of year where in certain traditions, yeah, you can just roam the streets and kind of just scare the shit out of kids, which is pretty fucking Ooh. dope. So it's like Halloween part two? Scenario. Yes. Yes. Oh, Halloween part two sounds great. Oh my God, yeah. And not only was Compass present, there were two other creatures that I'm not going to really get into today, but they could easily, I'm sure, be their own episodes. But one of them was the Schnabelpechtin, which is a German mm. creature. So it kind of looks like a big pelican mouth, but like a Tim Burton-y pelican mouth. And it's wearing like an old babushka kind of look, and it has some scissors that it carries around as well. It goes from house to house, and it checks whether or not the floors have been properly swept or the corners Ah. have been dusted, because if if your house is dusty, they're going to slice open your stomach with those scissors that they have. Mm. And they're going to stuff. I got no stomach then. And they're going to stuff all that trash that you left on the floor (gasps) inside your body. Oh, oh no, my dust bunnies. You know, stuffing your guts with dust bunnies. Just stuffing that stuff in there. And then if you the, can't fold a fitted sheet, which frankly I, I don't cannot. believe that anybody can, that pelican mouthed lady is gonna fucking Aww. stuff it into your guts. You absolutely roll it into a ball. That's and then you all squish you it and then you put it with the other rolled balls and you squish it. Anyway. And then one of the other creatures that was also on the Krampuslauf was a Welsh creature called the Avari Luid. I think I pronounced oh. that correctly. But it we is a horse job. skull with a bed sheet kind of wrapped around it with some flowers and, and ribbons on its head. I don't so know. So like a dead horse ghost. A dead, dead horse, horse ghost. ghost. The lore from that is... Should it arrive at a house and knock on the door and it's denied entry, it becomes enraged, it snaps its jaws, it frightens children until they are invited inside. And then they'll just join in on the party. They just want to be included. This little ribboned horse skull just wants to come in and play with all the little Welsh daffets and yoans and and marins and what are... Welsh names. I think you named Welsh listeners. I'm sorry. That's all of the Welsh names that I have. We are talking about Krampus today, though. So those were just some of the other things that we saw on our Krampus Lauf. So what is the Krampus, you might be asking yourself? Well, children, they are known to be from pre-Christian Alpine traditions in Europe and the mountainous regions there. They involve... Stories, some dating back to the 6th or 7th century, but that's kind of debated because there's not really any written sources until the end of the 16th century. I was going to say, this sounds very medieval German, like just things are bad, here's a Krampus. I mean, it's, and it, for however its origins were, it had absolutely yeah. morphed into that kind of Christian, keeping children in line, stop having fun. You're going to die oh, from the uh, devil the, kind of deal. Yeah. It's the yeah. early version of uh, Elf on a Shelf. I was oh, just going to say that. Goddamn <laughs> Elf on a Shelf. Yes. So what does the Krampus look like? The appearance is he is hairy. He's usually brown or black haired colored. Right. He has cloven hooves, horns like a goat on his head, 
And he has a very long pointed tongue that just kind of lulls out and he has fangs. What that tongue do, Krampus? What that tongue do, Krampus? Krampus, she carries chains and they kind of think that it symbolizes the binding of the devil with the Christian church. I'm not sure, but Krampus can also carry around birch branches and that is so he can also swat and hit children as he's walking around. (laughs) Oh, that's so fucked. That's so fucked. That's like those parents who make their kids when they're in trouble, like go out in the yard, you pick a stick. You pick the stick oh, that I'll hit yeah. you with. Pick the yeah. stick I'm going to beat you with. That's some psychological torture right there. Krampus. Absolutely. Put those sticks away, Krampus. <laughs> and sometimes Krampus can even appear with a sack or a basket strapped to his back, you know, so he Presents? can cart off the evil children drowning or oh. eating or just transporting them to hell. I don't know where he takes them. Jeez. He just goes places with them. Evil children. That's They're not redeemably evil children. And he only They're focuses on the bad evil. kids. So you don't want Krampus up oh, in your business. okay. So the means. benefit of being good is you don't have to deal with Krampus. That's right, Mama. Right. That is right. And the tragedy of being a good goth kid is that all you want is to see Krampus, and you never know. And he does have one particular night called Krampusnacht, and that would be Mm -hmm. on the night of December 5th. The day after that, on the 6th of December, is the Feast of St. Nicholas, and he's the (gasps) Catholic patron saint of children. Obviously, St. Nick has turned into Santa Claus, vice versa. I am the walrus. He is she. We are we. Mm-hmm. All that. Mm-hmm. Tim the Toolman Taylor turned That's into right. Santa Claus. He did not read that Santa Claus in that contract, but here we are. No, he three did. movies later. He murdered Santa. He fucking killed Murder Santa. Murder in the front yard. But on Krampusnacht, sometimes the Krampus can accompany St. Nicholas. Sometimes he decides he just wants to go out on his own, I guess. But they tend to go and visit the houses and businesses around their communities. And unlike the North American versions of Santa Claus that we've come to know, in these kind of alpine traditional celebrations of these feast days, in the celebration of St. Nicholas, uh, he is generally only concerned with the good kids. Krampus is responsible for the bad kids. I see. Nicholas will okay. come around and he'll dispense some modest gifts like oranges or dried fruits or nuts, maybe chocolate, if you were really good. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit of chocolate. I'm St. Nicholas, a little good little Wilhelm. Little, little, yes. If not, then Krampus can visit and he might just be nice and supply you with coal. Or he might beat you. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's, a, that's you know different. What? It's a real I'll, good cop, bad love cop. Some coal. Really love some coal. If you <laughs> this is a real Elliot Stabler. Like, he's Mary, really fucking you no up nonsense. in the interview room. Absolutely. <laughs> But man, I I just love the idea of Krampus, just this like hell figure that traipses around your village and just wants to enter your home. And your parents know damn well that they're coming. And your parents are like, get this evil child out of my house. Absolutely. Thank God you're here, Krampus. Oh, and I see you brought chains. Great. When are you taking them? Excellent. Johan sucks. Get him (laughs) out of here. Listen, we never really, we didn't really want to be parents to begin with. And shit, kid. Just take it. Yeah. Compass, please. 
Please take I'm just, us. I'm Probably. imagining Krampus gleefully like skipping around. It's very like Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, what's this? Yeah. What's this? Ooh, yes. <laughs> with like, a stick love. and he's beating kids. And he's he beating town. kids, putting them in his basket, just decapitating them. And what I yeah. love about Krampus is that it's really evolved in so many different ways. We live in North yeah, America, we, and they were just doing a Krampus laugh on our streets. We just got Krampus within the last decade or so. Or so, yeah. And, of course, we all know, uh, I think the whole trend with Krampus started, of course, when Mayhem Miller entered the workroom mm. in the Christmas special mm-hmm. of RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. as Krampus. That's right. That's, I mean, everybody knows that reference. Everybody, every, <laughs> everyone in this room does. <laughs> I have definitely still been watching RuPaul's Drag Race since season (laughs) five or six. I definitely still watch it. But also, have you seen these wild Krampus costumes that these towns in Europe go balls out for? Yeah, I have. It's so good. It's so much better than that Dutch Black Peter bullshit. Oh, yeah. I, I Like, fuck that. Yeah. I Absolutely fuck it's... that. Oh, it's some it's it's just like Dutch blackface and they're like, it's mm-hmm. tradition. And He's it's like another, get your fucking um, slave person that followed Saint It's Saint like Nicholas Santa's Brown. literal slave. Literal slave, yeah. And we're but you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. No, but Krampus rules. Our next door neighbors, as part of their Christmas decorations, have a kind of silhouette style lawn statue of Krampus menacing a couple of kids. It's so great. It's so great. And they've got a kid. They've got a kid who rules. (laughs) Man, but that's Krampus. That's what I got for you for Krampus stuff. I knew you would know them, of course. I hope you learned a little bit more. To know Krampus is to love Krampus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Krampus is kind of that gay elder in the rent control department. <laughs> He's yep. been there for yes. like 55 years. Yes. And he may not have fucking a hates deck. all these kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely has a tarot deck. Mm-hmm. Lots of mm-hmm. lots of turquoise jewelry. Mm-hmm. Lots of um, kimonos. Thank you. Thank Lovely. you for Krampus. I'm- yeah. Mary Krampmas. Mary Krampmas. Mary Chrysler. It's goodness. <laughs> Missy Christmas. Chrissy Christmas. Prissy Christmas. Prissy Christmas. Okay. Speaking of spoop, Kevin, thanks for that. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna spoop go in a wildly opposite direction and give us whiplash, like, mama. It's gonna be fun. I know Please. last week Kevin told us all about Krampus and his Christmas devilry. But since this is my Christmas episode, I really wanted to talk about Icelandic Christmas legends and folklore because they're badass. I'm here (laughs) for it. Christmas part two. I think a Um, lot of people will enjoy this. Awesome. Today, I'm going to tell you about Iceland's superior Christmas folklore. First up is Yola Kathturin, or the Yule Cat. The next one is Gruella. Oh, okay. Uh, and her 13 shit kids, the Yule Lads. <laughs> the Yule Anyone? Lads, Gruella and the Yule Lads? Yeah. <gasps> Wait, oh, I think I they, they talked about that on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I could be wrong. Really? But I think Is that the new Sabrina? 
Uh, yeah, the Nicole I Nicole. only recognize oh. one Sabrina, and yeah. we know <laughs> it's Melissa that it's Joan Melissa Hart. Joan Hart. Obviously. Of course, of course. Smithsonian Magazine wrote about Christmas in Iceland, quote, The earliest celebrations of the season were viewed as a time not only to bring together relatives, living and deceased, but also elves, trolls, and other magical and spooky creatures believed to inhabit the landscape. Yes. Sometimes mm-hmm. these figures would visit in the flesh as masked figures going around to farms and houses during the season. End quote. First, let us talk about Yule Cat. Yule Cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, I never was there ever. A cat so clever as Yule Cat and Mr. Mistopheles. There's Grizabella and Gruella. We got yes. we got all of them coming to the I'm stage right Gruella, now. Gruella, the Icelandic folklore cat. This is so, my song about how cat-like I am. Please let me into the heavy side layer. Let me die. <laughs> so the legend of the Yule Cat dates back to like medieval times, but it wasn't really written down until the 19th century. To quote zmescience.com, in medieval Iceland, employers rewarded their employees and members of their household with new clothes and sheepskin shoes. The gifts were made as a reward for a year of hard work and as a motivator to finish the work before Christmas, particularly processing the autumn wool. Here's the thing, though. If you don't have new clothes for Christmas, the Yule Cat would come out and eat you. What? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, if you didn't have new clothes, you were going to get eaten by the Yule Cat. So, wow. in another quote... The devil wears fur? not new clothes, and then the Yule Cat eats you. That was Absolutely. a long walk, and it wasn't worth it. No, it was. I liked it. <laughs> it towers above the tallest buildings, prancing around Iceland, looking for people without new clothes. It especially looks for children and inspects them to see if they have new garments. If they were too lazy to earn them, the unfortunate children might just end up on the menu of the Yule Cat. The Yule and Cat just, is a capitalist nightmare. Yes. I was just going to say Iceland had a wool-based economy, and it shows. <laughs> it fucking shows. You better... Yeah stimulate the economy by buying new clothes every winter or the giant cat is going to devour you. To be fair, it was probably like their only export. They really needed that money. (laughs) They really did. It's it's like it's wool and it's like, I don't know, whale blubber. Sheepskin. A lot of... Iceland Iceland sounds like a rough place to be. Especially not now. From what I understand, it's still tradition to give children new clothing before Christmas so the cat, Christmas cat doesn't eat him. Part of this is cute and part of this is terrifying because my life, we always got something on Christmas Eve. My mom always got us Christmas, my parents always got us Christmas pajamas. Yep. And that was like our Christmas Eve present was new pajamas. I wonder if this is some Yule Cat bullshit that's cutting through. I think it might be. Uh, yes. The modern version comes from the poem, The Christmas Cat by Johannes Erkotlum. 
That's my best guess. And part of the version of his story is that you can avoid the horrible death of being eaten by a Godzilla-sized cat. <laughs> it's, it's to not make new clothes for yourself, but to make new clothes and give them to someone less fortunate, which is nice. Okay, that's a better Except version. the motivation is just so you don't get eaten by a cat. Not there's because no you want to be... There's no such thing as true altruism. Of you course know, not. You're always of doing it better about I'm yourself. And to not get eaten you. by a Godzilla-sized cat. And yeah. listen, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way no. humans are. It's human nature. So... And like, here's the deal. Do I want to be eaten by a Godzilla-sized cat? No. Do I want to see... A Godzilla-sized cat? Absolutely. That's right. Show me that cat. Another theory behind the Yule cat is that Iceland in the winter is, surprise, pretty cold. What? So it was also just a reminder to bundle up. I hate this version. It is decidedly not badass. No, that's just Uh, like, first off, duh. It's cold bundle up. You don't need a Yule cat to tell you that. No, you, I don't need a Yule cat to keep me from freezing to death. Okay. No. I'm going to just put on, see, I put on my extra sweater today just mm-hmm. for you. But yeah, so really that's all there is to the Yule cat. But we are going to talk about Gruila, Yule cat's mistress. <laughs> oh. Now, the actual legend of Gruila originates somewhere in the 13th century, and they think it's from Norse mythology. Oh, she's um, old. Yeah, and she doesn't become associated with Christmas time until the 17th and 18th century. But we're sticking with the Christmas version for today. Very Krampus of her. She is the Icelandic Krampus, essentially. She's the Christmas witch, is how she's referred to. Work. You better work, Um, bitch. Yeah. In our version, she lives with her, quote, lazy husband, Lepoli, and their shit kids, the Yule lads, and they live in a cave in the hinterland of Iceland. Until the 19th century, the Yule lads were barely human. Indeed, they were sufficiently scary to warrant stories about them to be legally banned in 1746. (laughs) (laughs) So it got got dark. And not just the sunlight going dark in Iceland, you know? No, because this time of year in Iceland, there is barely any daytime. There's barely any sunlight. Yep. A literal dream for me. I know where Which I'm retiring. Which is a nightmare for everyone else. Everyone else. I acknowledge that. I know that and I own that. I am opposite people. So she and her husband are giant hunched over trolls. Gruila specifically is their Krampus character. Also, don't get attached to Lepoli. He doesn't last that long. According to Smithsonian Magazine, when Gruila got bored of a husband, she just ate him. Oh, and you know. Lepo Lee was her third husband, so she'd done it a few times. Okay, you just, know, anyway, like, it's don't don't kill any yeah. your spouses. Like, that's not cool, but also, like... I mean, she's a troll. You're a troll, and, like, you're doing what trolls do. And a lot of this mythology is based off the fact that trolls are cannibals. Didn't know. Oh, so it's like, that's just, like, it's not even that crazy. I didn't crazy. know that either. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, in Iceland, so Icelandic trolls eat other trolls. No, they yes, they they eat other trolls because she ate her husband, but they also yes. eat humans. So okay. they're just they're just hungry. Meats meat. They're, they're just hungry. They are hungry, and we're gonna see that when we look at the Yule lads. Um, <laughs> the Yule lads. <laughs> I know it's so dumb. <laughs> so 
She's known as the Christmas witch. While Santa brings good children presents, Gorilla has an insatiable hunger for naughty children, and she is always grumpy. Like Krampus, she kidnaps them in a sack, but she brings them home to cook them alive into a stew, like Hansel and Gretel. So it's like Mm -hmm. Krampus meets Hansel and Gretel. Nice. From guide to Iceland.is, she eats badly behaved children. She comes to pick them up. She puts them in her sack, cooks them in a cauldron. I remember how truly scared Icelandic kids are of this terrible girl. <laughs> yeah. So they mostly preyed on children, but they did not mind eating adults either. An old poem describes her as having 15 tails, and on each tail, she had 100 balloons, and every Ooh. balloon contained 20 children. Oh, Ooh. my God. So she's got I love that. a that's, shit ton of children. I mean, that's a yeah. hell of a decoration yeah. of well, your posterior. get on this gig. Get on this. Other descriptions say that she had 300 heads and three eyes on each head. Oh, my God. And she kidnaps <sighs> children, and she and her husband put them in a large sack and eat them. Another says that she has bad nails on each finger, (laughs) eyes in the back of her head, and horns like a goat. Her ears dangle down to her shoulders and are fastened to her nose. Her chin is bearded and her teeth are like charcoal. Oh, my God. She's so I think I just found the love of my fucking life. Oh, I love her. I absolutely love her. I will now call her mom. This is my wife, mom. <laughs> you know what? I, I now understand hearing that Gruila does occasionally mm-hmm. take and eat bad adults. It's I her, see yeah, now yeah. why yeah. Elon Musk took down the Elon Jet Twitter account. He doesn't want uh, Gruila to find him in time for no. Christmas. No, makes sense. You know? Right. Exactly. I, I get it. Me and Elon, <laughs> we, we understand each other. Wow. From yes. SmithsonianMagazine.com. It was clearly sarcasm. <laughs> clearly sarcasm. I knew that you weren't going to let it slide. Oh, From SmithsonianMagazine.com. She was really personification of the winter and the darkness and the snow getting closer and taking over the land again. Not only did she represent the threat of winter, she was seen as actually controlling the landscape. The Icelandic people understood themselves to be more like tenants of their harsh environments with glaciers, volcanoes, and earthquakes, and would view mythical creatures like Gruila as ones who were really running the show. And then the end of this quote, Krampus only wishes he had such power. <laughs> oh, dig <laughs> on Krampus. They Krampus came for Krampus. Absolutely dunked on Krampus. Honestly, I'll take a Christmas witch as my favorite Christmas anti-hero at this point. Yeah, you know what? Like Krampus is great. I'm not shitting on Krampus. Friendship ended with Krampus. Now Gorilla is my best friend. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And that's that's Gorilla. That's her that's her gig. She just wants, she's trolling around, literally, because she's a troll. She's trolling around looking for shit kids to eat. Love it. I love her. like they're just I snacks. do. I, I sincerely. I kind of yeah, love she's, her. She's she's the one to beat. Let's hear about these Yule lads, though. Now to the final Iceland Christmas legends for today. Anyway, is the Yule lads. Uh, the number of children Gruilla actually had varies. Some say twenty. Some say like double that. 
what we know is 13 of those children were comprised of the infamous Yule Lads. They are a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal or otherwise harass the population. They all have descriptive names that generally convey their favorite way of causing mischief. They arrive one by one over the final 13 nights leading up to Christmas or Yule, and they leave small gifts and shoes that children will place on the windowsills. But if the child has been disobedient, they get a rotten fucking potato. Uh, Ooh, not coal, yeah. but a potato. Get yourself a stinky tater. Yeah, you can use You can coal. use coal. Not nothing to do with no taters. No. The medieval version of the lads where they're literally just creating hell on earth, which I could not find many descriptions of, but the the, the modern Yule lads, um, they're, you know, they're generally portrayed, they wear like late medieval clothing. Sometimes they're shown, they're portrayed as wearing Santa Claus costumes. Oh, subverting expectations, I see. They're the bad boys of Christmas. Hell yeah. <laughs> as of the 19th century, the classic Yule Lads are these. So I'm not going to read the Icelandic version. I'm going to read their translated names. Please. <laughs> sheep coat Claude. He harasses sheep, but is impaired by his stiff peg legs. Both peg legs? Peg legs. Apparent it's multiple. It's plural. Peg legs, but he <laughs> just he harasses sheep. That is his thing. Which, like at first, I was like, that's really dumb. Like, that's like the worst superpower you could get. But then this is a sheep. Wool-based yeah. economy. It's, Harassing it's, some sheep is probably a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's sheepsville. And you've got... Yeah. You, it's bad to get your sheep harassed when you need to make new clothes. You have clothes. Like Christmas Absolutely. before the Yule Cat comes to get you. Right. The Yule Cat is starving. <laughs> okay. Next is Gully Gawk. He hides in gullies waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steal milk. These are not devious. Okay. They're like hungry yeah. newsies at this point. So Stubby is next. He's abnormally short and he steals pans to eat the leftover crust that's been left behind. I, I like yeah. Stubby. I like Stubby too because the crust is the best part. Yeah, he's resourceful. Next up is Spoon Liquor. Can you guess what he That was my nickname in high school. Yes, it was. <laughs> He steals and licks wooden spoons, and he's extremely thin due to malnutrition. Because all he gets is the dregs from spoons. That's all he wants. Yeah, you just lick the spoon. She's a terrible mother. I'm saying it. There. Telling you. Next up, Pot Scraper steals leftovers from pots. My God. Next after him is Bowl Licker. He hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their bowl. Which he then says, why are we eating hot meals in bed? Oh, Although, so, now that, look, I, look, now that look, I've said it out mess, loud, I actually, no, yeah. no, no, I take it back. Now that I've said it out loud, I'm just like, that is exactly what I'm going to do after we get off this podcast. I'm gonna I was like, have you met yourself? Yeah. <laughs> the bed is the most comfortable place to eat. Recently trudged through, with great difficulty, Burger King in bed in the dark. <laughs> Wow. That's grief is fucked up, y'all. Grief is <laughs> fucked up. It sounds comfortable. It was, and it and very you, much wasn't. And you you can't see all your drip droppings. So Yep, exactly. That was just that's just between me and the good Lord. That's right. 
Next up, door slammer. He likes to slam doors, especially during the night to wake people up. Ugh, I hate you, door slammer. Yeah, and then there's skier gobbler. He just really likes yogurt. Sausage swiper. Sausage swiper. (sighs) Sausage, sausage swiper, swiper, no sausage swiping. swiping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful synchronicity. Beautiful. So he hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that are being smoked. Window peeper, he's a criminal. He's Yikes. a snoop who, who looks through windows in search of stealing things. So he's just canvassing the joint. Just canvassing the joint. Uh-huh. And then now we're on the last three. Doorway sniffer. Has an abnormally, yeah, I don't either, abnormally large nose and acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate leaf bread. Okay. No. The penultimate Yule lad is meat hook. Meat hook? He uses a hook to steal meat. It could have been very cool, but it's literally just a hook he's stealing meat with. But. Yeah, and finally, yeah, but he's still the most Ed Geeny of all of the really Yule lads. The he really yeah. is. We can give him that. And then finally, we have Candle Stealer, who follows children around in order to steal their candles, which were once made of tallow and were thus edible. I so mean, really, it sounds like they and were with meat starving. Don't end with Candle Stealer. I know. I oh. didn't make the list. They were just starving kids, and Grilla was a terrible mother. Also, I had to point this out. If Grilla and her husbands were cannibals, what I would posit that their children would be cannibals as well. So, and all but three or four of those little shit kids I just read about, all of right. them are just stealing food. <laughs> which just makes this kind of sad. I thought they were going to be just like shit kids, knocking things over, just like classic bully stuff. But I think they were just poor. They're poor and very hungry. I think we're just demonizing the poor. I guess it's like, well, I could eat the tallow from this candle or I could eat my brother's stubby. You know? Listen, I'd eat stubby. I don't want to eat a tallow candle. Miss would eat stubby. She said it. She meant it. I already heard it. I stand by it. Damn. Mm -hmm. And I just ended it by saying, honestly, kids in Iceland are under a lot of pressure at Christmas time. Oh, my God, yes. Even some of the adults, they need to make new clothes or they get eaten by a giant cat monster. If they somehow avoid that, they have to worry about the literal Christmas witch coming after them to fucking eat them if they behaved badly. And who among us did not behave badly as a child? And finally, 13 hungry bullies who just come around to steal your food or just generally be annoying. And at the end, if you do everything they say, you can be rewarded with new socks and not being eaten. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry fucking Christmas. Here's some socks. What's going on at that island? You're not eating. Listen, I think things were very dark before the last, um, like, hundred years. (laughs) Before They were pretty isolated. Give a shit about Iceland. I think maybe, like... (laughs) Yeah, things were darker. We just let it go. We just let the souls have it. Yeah. I mean, today, Christmas in Iceland is not terribly different than Christmas everywhere else. It's just instead of Elf on the Shelf, 
They've got uh, 13 shit kids looking after you, stealing, trying to steal shit from you, and a monster cat who's going to eat you if you don't make your clothes. And, you know, just like sort of normal Christmas stuff. Like that yes, sounds totally. like way more work, though. It sounds exhausting for yeah. the children. I would hate like, to be an Icelandic parent. Like they're yeah. so well behaved because it's terrifying to be there. Yeah. But those are the traditional Icelandic Christmas legends that I was tickled fucking pink about. Yes. I love them. Thank you, Ms. Yule Cat. And Yule Cat was from a poem. Yes. But it's a little long, so I don't know if you want me to read it. Nah. <laughs> well, we'll put the poem, maybe we'll put the poem online. And if yeah. anybody wants to uh, make a song out of it or do please something do. fun with it, please do. We would we would welcome your Yule Cat fan art, fan Truly. works, transformative works of all kinds. Can I just read one stanza? Yes. Sure. For pussy should not eat no one who got some new piece of clothes. She hissed with her ugly voice and ran away. There's mm. your just preview. There's your Oh preview. my God, yes. Pussy shouldn't eat no one. But <laughs> everyone should be eating pussy. Everybody eat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Merry pussy Christmas. shouldn't eat no one, but everyone should shouldn't eat Shouldn't eat no one, but should be eating. Whether it's <laughs> pussy or bussy or something else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Munch uh-huh. on it this Christmas. Oh, kids, and that's that's where we are. Merry Christmas from your weirdest three uncles. Absolutely. <laughs> Look at this. This is a very strange episode. <laughs> oh, this is one of our stranger episodes. Yeah, because we are very strange. No. Not, and maybe thing. that's for the best. Maybe that's Truly. for the best. <laughs> Truly. But if y'all out there, we hope you have a, a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah or a Happy Nothing. If you do nothing, that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine as well. Or Happy whatever Yule. You, or Happy Yule. Whatever you, whatever you're out there doing or not doing. If you like us, if you like this story, feel free to give us a cute little rating and review. You can do so um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening now. Five stars or I will feed you to a Godzilla-sized cat. Yeah. That's terrifying. Terrifying. Listen to them. They will find a Godzilla-sized cat. Truly. Yeah. Or you can send us an email if you can't leave us a review otherwise. That's creepyinquiriespod at gmail.com. If you want to check us out on social media, we are at creepyinquiriespod. If you're interested in our sources um, and anything else, check out our website at creepyinquiriespod.com. Thank you so much, listener, for joining us. Merry Christmas, Merry Yule, Happy Hanukkah, and until next time.